What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to year two of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, a refreshing and captivating interview with top sports personalities and their connections to Chicago. From Eddie Olchek to Bob Costas, Mike North to Pat Foley, they reveal entertaining, memorable, and emotional stories, some you've never heard before. I'm George Hoffman, and please make sure you subscribe to Tell Me a Story I Don't Know on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is sponsored by Vienna Beef, makers of Chicago's hot dogs since 1893. Find them on the web at ViennaBeef.com. And by Dynamic Manufacturing, awarded the General Motors Supplier of the Year 23 times. Honored the legacy, pioneer the future. Visit them at DynamicManufacturingInc.com. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is also sponsored by Serenow Law Group, top-notch pros in reducing your rising real estate taxes. They're on the web at Serenow.com by BetUS, America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. Check them out at BetUS.com. And by the Polina Market, purveyors of the finest meats in the Chicagoland area since 1949. Visit them at PolinaMarket.com. This week we feature part two with a very colorful and popular voice of the NBA and NFL, Kevin Harlan. I put together the show, contacted people by looking in the NFL Black Book, which is really a, a book that is put out by the league every year that lists all the reporters uh, that cover the teams in these different NFL cities. And your name was in there uh, at the very top of the list, as I recall, as someone who would do radio. And so I think I picked up the phone, George, one day when I was about 19 or 20 and called you and said, we're putting together this show. I need a Chicago correspondent. Would you be interested? Yeah, I, I think my response was, how much are you paying? Harlan just called another Super Bowl for Westwood One, but there's no vacation to follow for this busy broadcaster. It's back to the NBA for the gifted play-by-play voice. Harlan's aggressive, up-tempo, and very descriptive style have become a trademark. In part two, Harlan looks back at some of his memorable calls, a certain podcast host whom he worked with over 40 years ago, and working with his daughter Olivia, a budding star in her own right. You've had some memorable calls and some of them on television, but I'd like to add the word unique, Kevin, because the one you did when LeBron James dunked on Kevin Garnett lifted people off their couches, and if I'm not mistaken, just about you off your seat. It did. I was working with Doug Collins, uh, probably the best analyst I've ever worked with in any sport um, for a variety of reasons. But Doug and I were doing that playoff game LeBron was a young LeBron. I think he was a year or two in the league. 
uh, but emerging and becoming this bigger than life person. But at that time, he was he was, uh, you know, very new to the NBA. And Kevin Garnett was the, the, the reigning defensive player of the year in the league. And these were the Celtics that we, that we knew with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. This was a championship caliber team. And they're playing in Cleveland. It's a early playoff round, which I'm not sure. I think maybe the second. And Doug and I are doing the game. And I would take a lot of my cues from Doug because I, I knew that he knew the game so well, knew when there was a big moment. And when LeBron went around a couple of defenders, drove down a lane, had to uh, leap in the air, still about four feet away from the rim, more over the edge of the lane, and extend his arm and jackknife his body so that his legs were coming up and the torso was going down and his arm was extended to get a dunk over and around Garnett and do it with such force that really it was it was a devastating dunk. Garnett comes out on LeBron. Now they switch and here's Pierce again. A Smith screen. Posey will defend. Oh! LeBron James with no regard for human life. Doug Collins was to my right took his left arm, and as LeBron is taking off, as he's driving, taking off, he takes his left arm and, and throws it against my chest and, and like then begins with his force to push us both back in our chairs, and we are falling, as I'm calling that, into the row of fans in back of us. Gosh. And... and um, <laughs> Um, and I knew that when Doug slammed his arm against my chest, that he felt like this is a signature play. And that's where that line came in, uh, that uh, LeBron James with no regard for human life. But the backstory <laughs> of that call, uh, very quickly, uh, that line I picked up from a James Bond movie uh, from 1962 called Dr. No. It may have been the very first Bond movie. And Sean Connery is in the underwater lair of Dr. No. And Dr. No is explaining to James Bond how he is going to rule the world, but destroy the powers that be in the world. And Bond hears this and utters as only he can. Uh, clearly, you have no regard for human life. Fast forward to when I'm playing Nerf basketball in our three-year-old son's room, and he's got the ball. And he would always like me to make calls when he would take this Nerf ball and dunk it over me as we were playing in his room uh, against a net, which was glued up against uh, the side of the wall. And so I go, oh, take that out of here. Oh, Robert, that's a filthy dunk. Oh, Robert, you've got no regard <laughs> for human life. So I got, I, you know, would do it when I was messing around with our son, the baby of our family. And he loved that stuff and would giggle and laugh and he'd do these spinning dunks. And so I really never used it, but it came out, I used it for Kobe one time, but it came out almost kind of like uh, subconsciously because I would use it with my son. And then it came out again when LeBron had that, that incredible dunk. I came out when Kobe had 61 in the garden um, and had a big dunk on John Starks. He had a reverse dunk that was just devastating. And then, and then LeBron's dunk had just the same 
effect and that line again came out there so anyway it's it, it's been fun to to use some of those things and i'm glad i'm glad that some of the fans have enjoyed it now let me tell you a story about kevin and me that you don't know and we're going back i don't know it's been probably 40 years you were doing the pre and post game for the kansas city chiefs while you were still i believe a student at kansas true and, and I was a freelancer and appeared on some of your broadcasts while covering the Bears. So please tell me you still have some of the audio so that I can alert eBay. Well, <laughs> first of all, I can hear your voice giving these reports from Soldier Field uh, from those many years ago. I was a, uh, a sophomore at the University of Kansas. Wayne Larravee was doing a game on radio, and I cannot tell you for who, but he was doing a game at Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, for somebody. And um, I happened to go down. Uh, I was, as a student at that time, getting interviews and doing whatever I was doing, you know, as, as a sophomore at the University of Kansas. Saw Wayne, introduced myself, of course, knew he was the voice of the Chiefs. And he says, Hey, by the way, our station is going news talk in Kansas City. This was KCMO radio. We're going news talk, and they're going to put together a three-hour pregame show, which will be the longest in the NFL. No other station is doing a three-hour pregame show. This is 1980, maybe 1979. And, and he said, we're looking for some, uh, basically an intern to come in and produce the show. And I said, uh, well, I, I would love to. And he gave me the details. He drove into Kansas City and and uh, interviewed, and, and they gave me the job. So I let my mind kind of run wild here. And I said, uh, what I'd love to do is I'd like to get stringers. We, we called them str Maybe they're still called stringers. I don't know. We were called stringers, all right. Yeah, called stringers in these different markets and have them give us these reports and make the show a national show. And Although KCMO ran, you know, and originated the show and was the flagship station of the Chiefs Network, the Chiefs Network had about 80 stations around the Midwest in about seven different states, and they took this pregame show. So it really had a big feel to it, and we had a lot of stations, covered a lot of geography, and with the signals of those stations creeping into other states and other areas, covered, you know, a good quarter of the country plus, maybe a third, uh, through the middle of the country for sure. So we, we I put together the show, uh, contacted people by looking in the NFL Black Book, which is really a, a book that is put out by the league every year that lists all the reporters uh, that cover the teams in these different NFL cities. And your name was in there at the very top of the list, as I recall, as someone who would do radio. And so I think I picked up the phone, George, one day when I was about 19 or 20 and called you and said, we're putting together this show. I need a Chicago correspondent. Would you be interested? Yeah, I, I think my response was, how much are you paying? I think it was. <laughs> and I, paying, I, I, I got cleared to pay $10 a report. And I'd like to use you in the pregame. I'd like to use you at halftime of the game we're broadcasting and like to use you in, in the postgame show. So it would be three. Now, now, people should know that you were also reporting for CBS Radio 
NBC radio, mutual radio, like like you were giving reports to every... It, depending on who the Bears were playing, I might have had as many as a dozen clients. And so sometimes I would have two phones in my ear because I was ready to go on one when I was finishing the other. And of course, you know, that early 80s was a time the Bears were, were, were becoming interesting. Ditka got there and they really became interesting. But uh, it was Chicago and it was a big market and, and the Bears were a flagship NFL franchise and you were there in the third or second biggest market in the country so so you were definitely part of it but I had all these guys in all these different markets lined up so uh, you know I, I don't know how many teams we had in the league back in 1980 uh, but we probably had I, I, did we have 32 we may have had 32 at that time but we had all these different people and and sure enough that's where George and I met when I was in college and eventually I went on to to host the show. And then I eventually went on to broadcast the chiefs uh, when I was 24 and did that for nine years. And we still use George in the still long pregame show. It got to be pricey after a while. And, and I think they found out that, that now more stations were trying to copy, but, but KCMO radio really was the first in the country to do that as a, as a single flagship station and three hours, no one had ever done. And they thought you're crazy, but we became a news talk station for CBS. And so it worked out. One little addendum to that story. I told you earlier that John Facenda was the first voice that really resonated and affected me uh, in all ways. Be I became more of a sports fan, but the voice is what lured me in, not necessarily the play, but the voice and the delivery of John Facenda, the voice of NFL Films. I called John Facenda at NFL Films when I was in college. And I said, Mr. Facenda, uh, my name is Kevin Harlan. I am a producer for this show in Kansas City called Chief Sunday. Um, I would love if you could perhaps open and close the show for me. If I sent you some copy, would you, would you mind recording something for us? He said, I definitely would send me something and I'll make sure that I get to it. And of course, you know, I, I, I can hardly even believe my luck. And I said, thank you so much. So I typed something up. I sent it to NFL Films in the Philadelphia uh, area. And uh, about a week and a half later, I get a phone call to my dorm room at Kansas. And it's John, uh, Kevin, this is John Facenda calling. I need to ask you a question. Can I change the wording of this? And I said, yes, you can. He goes, great, because I already have, uh, we have recorded your opens and your closes. Uh, we will put these in the mail and you should have it within the next couple of days. And I said, thank you. I said, what, 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 what can I pay you? What, what would it take to, he goes, nothing. I'm just uh, grateful that you've asked me to be, a, I'm honored that you would ask me to be a part of your show. So honest to God. So anyway, George, <laughs> I listened to the reel to reel, right? And Facenda goes through a couple of different takes and he says, I'm going to rewrite. This is before he's talked me in the phone. I'm going to rewrite this line and make it sound like this and so he does and then he reads it and on the raw reel-to-reel -reel tape he he he, uh, he reads what we have what he's rewritten and then there's a pause and he goes <laughs> now that's a horse that i can ride and, <laughs> and you know like I, I just i just oh my god i saw now i do have that reel-to-reel -reel downstairs in our basement uh, and I'm sure I've got reports from George Offman in Chicago some 40 years ago. And I can say this in all honesty, you were by far the best reporter that we hired. 
Um, we remained friends. You were always so easy and professional to work with. You, you taught me things about the business that I remember to this day. And how funny that things come full circle. And here we are talking all these years later about our careers and our paths and how they've intersected. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those wonderful moments in this business you wish you had more of, of the people that have meant such, uh, uh, such a, a, a great deal to you along your journey uh, in this business, and you certainly have. You're very, very generous to say that. Vienna Beef, two words synonymous with hot dogs. They're the home of the Chicago hot dog and an institution since 1893. If you've had a hot dog, chances are it was from Vienna. And did you know there are more locations selling Vienna in Chicago than McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's combined? There's nothing like biting into a juicy and delicious pure beef Vienna hot dog. Drag through the garden, which includes yellow mustard, onions, relish, tomatoes, sport peppers, pickles, and some celery salt. And oh, those Polish sausages dripping with flavor. And look for the spicy smoked sausage available in your local retail stores. It includes a perfect blend of seasonings such as crushed red peppers and brown sugar, creating a bold and zesty taste. Vienna products are available in restaurants, grocery stores, and entertainment venues such as the ballparks, cups, and socks, stadiums, museums, and zoos. Plus, you can purchase them online, coast to coast at ViennaBeef.com and on Amazon. And remember, Vienna is not just hot dogs and sausages. Look for their farm makers' chili, mini bagel dogs, condiments, and classic deli meats. Take it from a guy who was weaned on, then sold Vienna products. It's the mark of excellence since 1893. Check them out at ViennaBeef.com. The Super Bowl has come and gone, but March Madness will be here soon, and BetUS Sportsbook is your home for all of it, plus the NBA, NHL, UFC, and the PGA Tour. Sign up now, and first-time bettors will get a 125% bonus with our promo code STORY22. That's STORY22. Future odds, live betting, and great parlay plays also await you at BetUS. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Go to BetUS.com and remember our code, STORY22. The easiest way to hear more great guests on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is to follow me on social media at George Hoffman. That's O-F-M-A-N, just one F, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We return with Kevin Harlan on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Speaking of the Bears, and I'm not sure how many people remember you did some of their pregames a number of years ago. And I believe with a rather iconic figure as your sidekick. So tell me a story. I don't know about that experience. I, I did the Bears on WBBM, their preseason games for five years. Uh, one of those years, I also did the Packers preseason games at the same time. Bears would play Friday, Packers would play Saturday. And I did, I did eight preseason TV games. There were no conflicts and did them on, on different days but did the Bears and the Packers at the same time, which I'm thinking, how, in the, you know, it's like, it's like uh, these rivals, uh, but yet joined at the hip from Hallis and Lombardi uh, back to Curly Lambeau. So, I mean, you know, just, just uh, what a thrill. But uh, I worked initially with Walter Payton, did Walter Payton's last year doing the Bears preseason. And I clearly remember uh, we would always go out to dinner. I did it, I think, two years with Walter, actually, now that I think back on it. 
Two years of those five did with Walter, the last three with Ditka. One game with Butkus. And, and um, uh, Walter and I did the two years, but we always went out to dinner after a game. Somehow he would find a restaurant wherever the Bears were, Chicago or on the road, and we would get in and have dinner afterwards. That second year, um, in the last couple of weeks of the preseason, he did not want to go out. He said, I've been having stomach problems lately. I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I've got the appetite to go, but you guys go ahead. They're going to leave it open for you. I've called ahead there. It's open for you. Go ahead. But he didn't go. Um, and that was the beginning as we know uh, of the end. The, the second thing is Walter was, had all kinds of shenanigans and he was a you real, think? he, he was an <laughs> imp. And he would, on our stand-ups and our opens to the game, when you'd see us on camera setting up the broadcast, I welcome to Soldier Field in Chicago, the Bears and the Cleveland Browns today. And, and he would pinch me multiple times on the behind during our live opens. If I could tell you how many times he did that to my little butt, the pain is still there. <laughs> he was great. I've got pictures on my wall of him and me doing, doing the bears. And, um, I, re, I, but I, but was, what was so eerie is I remember him telling us that he was having some stomach issues and was just not feeling himself. He was beginning to lose a little weight, but again, none of us thought anything of it. And then, you know, subsequently we hear that, that he's got this uh, dreadful ailment, this disease, but his, his effervescent personality, his, great smile never went away and then Ditka you know Ditka would come in off the golf course and I don't know that he knew much about the current Bears thing like didn't go to practice or anything like that but Mike was so engaging and even though he may not know the players he obviously as we all know knows football so he would dissect the play so well but then give his you know Mike Ditka's feel to the comment and people could not get enough of it. And, 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 but, he, but he came in literally sweaty off the golf course to do these games. And it was just amazing that he would leave one and have, and have a day of cigars and enjoyment on the golf course and go right to Soldier Field. Or if we're on the road, he'd play that day on the road at a golf course and go right to the stadium and then do those games. And that was a lot. Of, and then I got to do one game because Mike couldn't. Uh, with Dick Butkus, who was just a gentleman and kind and a pro and great and just really enjoyed the one game I did with him. So my five years doing those preseason games and the, and I, and I was, and it really was hard. My dad, as I had mentioned earlier, was with the Packers. So, you know, it was hard to leave the bears. I, I love that. And, and they, you know, it was a CBS O and O is still, and I was doing games at CBS. And so it really was a great marriage but the Packers was too hard. And then there, there were, there were conflicts with schedule. And so I had to pick one or the other and pick the Packers. That was my dad's team. And that's the team I went with. You, you mentioned your dad, Bob Harlan, who uh, was a member of the board, actually was the chairman of the board of the, the Green Bay Packers. I imagine he had to be quite an influence on your career, as was another guy who also happened to do the play-by-play -play of the Bears. And that would be Gary Bender. Yes, very much so. My dad, um, when I did my, we went to a, I went to a high school in Green Bay, an all boys Catholic school and the station, uh, the school had a station run by students, a little 10 watt student run 
radio station. The faculty oversaw it, but the students were on the air. And that, you know, when I was a freshman, that's the first, I made a beeline to sign up for that station and won the play-by-play -play job. And, and, and we did football, basketball, hockey games. We did all these sports. It was great. It was unbelievable to do it. And I remember my first broadcast coming home. And like I said, my dad was a journalism major in college. He went to Marquette and he was the student editor of the Marquette student newspaper. So I had a journalism degree from Marquette and knew about the business. And, and so he was able to guide me early on about, you know, the concepts, the pillars of reporting, what makes a good reporter, what he liked in broadcasters, Jim Simpson or, you know, Jack Buck or Pat Summerall or Ray Scott or Gary Bender. It just so happened that my senior year, I was looking for schools to go to. And my dad was uh, with the Packers playing in Chicago. And Gary Bender, who my dad knew because Bender used to do the Packer games on radio, knew Gary from that, um, uh, saw Gary, who was then doing games for CBS. interception of the night but what a bizarre ending to this game gary had mentioned uh, uh you know uh, in the past about me and my interest in broadcasting and my dad said yeah he's looking at schools right now and his final tour wisconsin and notre dame and gary said well he needs to look at the university of kansas and the guy that was down there teaching me is still down there doing the games and i bet he would love to have a student like kevin who has done so much already at such a young age. And so Gary Bender put me in touch and my dad in touch with this gentleman named Tom Hedrick, who was the voice of the first Super Bowl on CBS radio um, with Jack Drees, who is an old Chicago broadcaster. Now with every thrilling play on CBS radio this afternoon, the voice of CBS radio, Jack Drees. Thank you, Tom. The team's break from the sidelines now to move out on the field to start this historic game. The Kansas City Chiefs, champions of the American Football League against the Green Bay Packers, champions of the National Football League. Oh, yeah, he did the White Sox games in 1970. Yes, well, he did the first radio broadcast on CBS radio with Tom Hedrick, who is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs at that time. And, and anyway, but Tom Hedrick now is the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. And I sent a tape to Tom. We talked a couple weeks after Gary Bender had put me in touch with him. And um, uh, Tom said, if you come to Kansas as advanced as you are, uh, I'll put you on the Kansas football broadcast with me on our network, on the Kansas basketball broadcast with me on our Kansas Jayhawk network. We'll do baseball games together. You can fill in for my radio broadcast when I, when I can't, when I'm doing these updates on the local radio stations in Lawrence. Kansas. And, and I said, and I, I, I flew down there for a weekend, sat next to him during a game, flew home that Sunday night after spending a, a game that he had broadcast from Allen Fieldhouse and told my mom and dad who picked me up at the Green Bay airport and took me out to dinner. said, I'm going to Kansas. He has promised me all this stuff I can do. I, I, I can't get better experience than what this gentleman is offering. And sure enough, George, I went to Kansas uh, and for four years, did games and broadcasts and all this stuff. On the, I, I, as a freshman at 18 years old, I did the pregame, the halftime, the postgame, and the sideline. 
on the Kansas Jayhawk Football Network with David James, their former All-America quarterback, and Tom Hedrick, who was doing the play-by-play. And here I am, 18, doing, doing these reports from the sideline, anchoring the pregame show in the halftime. It, it was like unbelievable, unbelievable. And I still see Tom to this day. He is alive and well and living in Lawrence and had lunch with him not too long ago. And uh, we still talk, and he remains uh, one of the most important people in my broadcaster career, along with my dad. Did you know General Motors 2021 Supplier of the Year is located in Hillside, Illinois? Dynamic Manufacturing not only remanufactures transmissions for the likes of GM, but also as a state-of-the-art facility. Its capabilities include engineering new or existing products, along with manufacturing, machining, logistics, and re-energizing used batteries for electric cars and energy storage systems. I've seen their operation firsthand, and their nearly 1 million square feet of operating space is extremely impressive. Dynamic was founded by the late, great John Partipillo in 1955 and is still family-owned and operated by the next generation. For more information about Dynamic Manufacturing, visit their website at dynamicmanufacturinginc.com. Dynamic Manufacturing. Honor the legacy. Pioneer the future. So let's move the clock up just a little bit. You have become a fixture now at some of the most important sporting events in this country, whether it's the Super Bowl, the NBA playoffs. Do you ever take the time to realize how satisfying that must be? Well, I feel how lucky I am and uh, how, how fortunate I have been over the years to get these opportunities. Number one, to have my dad uh, you know, give me the the chance to work in a press box, to watch him maneuver among the media and learn that side of the business and get to see what it was like firsthand to have that kind of a job, um, to have the encouragement as a younger person uh, that my dad gave me, you know, to stick with it and give me kind of a teacher at a very young age when I was 13, 14, 15 years old in this business to, you know, to be able to understand, uh, you know, what it meant to get these opportunities, how hard these jobs are. Uh, but, but number one, he instilled in me that when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And, and he had heard that. We've all heard that phrase before, but it's so true. I, I look forward every day to my job, waking up for a game in a hotel room or wherever may, I may be and getting a chance to do what I'm doing. Uh, to, do the, to do the Super Bowl on radio is something I always dreamt of. So I'm living out a dream. Three-man front comes charging, fake handoff, dropping back by Foles, launches a long spiral, back of the end zone, far side, leaping, two-handed, falling down, catch made by Jeffrey, what a catch, touchdown, Philadelphia, 34-yard pass, an acrobatic, two-handed, falling down, twisting catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, to broadcast Monday Night Football, the same seat that Jack Buck sat in, uh, to broadcast for CBS TV after watching the Gary Benders and the Ray Scotts and the Jack Whitakers and the, uh, the you know, uh, Pat Summerall and all like Vern Lundquist and Ben Scully and all the great, Dick Stockton, all these great broadcasters in the history of CBS that have broadcast the NFL. Um, uh, to do the NBA and and, and work under Marv Albert, and at the same time have been on the same roster at, at Turner Broadcasting at TNT, 
with Vern Lundquist and Dick Stockton, Hall of Famers, and now with Marv Albert for 20 plus years. I mean, I, I, I have been more lucky than good. I have been blessed beyond measure. Um, and on top of that, I married the girl of my dreams um, and, and have had uh, the, the, the biggest blessing of all to have been married to the greatest influence in my life and, and the biggest blessing, my wife of 34 years. So I have, I have been, as I said a minute ago, blessed beyond measure in so many ways. But I think about how fortunate I am and all the people along the way that have helped me uh, get those opportunities along the way. That's, that's what I think about. So this has really become a family affair. There's your brother, Brian, now an agent for many NFL personnel, and of course, the former public relations director for the Bears, whom I had the pleasure of working with for a number of years. And then there's your daughter, Olivia Harlan Decker, who is not only making a name for herself, but whom you had the extraordinary pride to work with. This is Kevin Harlan along with Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner. Our sideline reporter tonight, Olivia Harlan Decker. And Olivia will join us shortly live from the sideline here at Lambeau. It is with immense pride that I now send it down to the sideline to our reporter tonight, Olivia Harlan Decker. Dad, thank you. And it's great to get the toss from you like that. That sure <laughs> is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of our daughter. I'll begin with her. Um, we have four kids. And we're proud of each of them. We, we love them all obviously the same as any parent would, but um, I told our girls, we have three girls and a boy, the boys are baby. I told our girls, I said, boy, I, I said, my business, all you have seen from your dad is being at the very luckiest, best part of this business. Um, you know, a network job is a, is a coveted job, is, is an incredibly fortunate job. And, and the majority of the people in this business have to work in smaller markets. Uh, they don't get paid a lot. They have bad hours. And a lot of their experiences are not great. And especially for women in this business, it's doubly tougher. Because when they see me do a stand-up on TV, they, they don't look at what kind of tie I'm wearing or what my hair is doing or what kind of jacket I have on. Uh, but with a woman, they, they look at, what about her lipstick? Oh my gosh, she has too much makeup. What about her hair? Look at those earrings. Like, like you're, you're, you're held to a higher standard in one that men aren't. And that automatically makes it difficult. And it, there, are just, there are just different landmines along the way that are very difficult. So my advice to you is to find something you love to do, but preferably not in broadcasting because it is a difficult business. And a lot of it is very unsatisfying. And most of it doesn't entail uh, the luck that your dad has had. And um, uh, sure enough, Olivia, who has always had a mind of her own, just gave me the dad Heisman and said, Dad, I'm following my own path and I wanna get involved. So she did, and, and I said, I'll be able to grade how serious she is about this by her work ethic. And she chose the University of Georgia, which is a top five journalism school. She looked at Northwestern and Syracuse and had actually a scholarship to Syracuse, but went to Georgia and, and uh, they give out the Peabody Award at Georgia. So they've got a, a journalism department that is held in very high esteem around the country. And her work ethic down there was second to none. She worked late hours. She missed a lot of social interactions with friends and her sorority sisters. And she did a lot of things that were just, you know, outside the box. So during her senior year, August, she's just gotten back to school, get ready to do again, cover the Georgia Bulldogs and host their pregame show and do all these different things. She said, dad, I got a 
call from someone at Fox Sports. They do the SEC every week, and they would like to know if I'd like to come in and maybe think about an internship or, or, or do something behind the scenes. And I said, well, great. So she drives into Atlanta and, and, uh, and interviews with these guys. And I think it's going to run about an hour. And, you know, she's just got, she's like two weeks into her school year and she's middle of August or late August. And she, she, you know, she calls me about four hours later and I get concerned. I said, sweetie, where have you been? Well, I just got out of the interview, dad. And I said, great. Well, how did it go? She goes, oh, it went really well. And I said, well, well, and so are you going to like write some copy or, or maybe work with the sideline person, you know, producing on the sideline or, you know, cutting up some tape in, in the, in the control room goes, no, 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 I'm going to be on the sideline. I said, oh, great, great, great. So like, you might like, like give, give, hand him the microphone or, or pull the cables or, 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 or help him with interview. No, no, no. I'm going to be the sideline person. <laughs> what? Surprise. I, I said, you're, do they know you're still in college? And they go, yeah. But, but at that time, this is before ESPN and, had, had gotten every every SEC game. This was the last year of Fox Sports South doing the SEC, and they got like the third or the fourth game every week. And so she was signed on as their sideline person. And I said, they know you're 21. Like, they know, like, you're still in school. It goes, yeah. So I said, and you told them you got to go to college class, and then you then you can go to the, yeah, yep, yeah, they know it. So sure enough, she would leave. Uh, she'd, she'd get all of her stuff done by Thursday. So on Friday morning, she would drive from Athens into Atlanta, get on a plane, fly to wherever her SEC game was that Saturday, be at the meetings Friday afternoon, do the game Saturday, uh, fly or drive back to Athens on, on Saturday night, and then, you know, study on Sunday and go back to class on Monday morning. Well, that performance led to her getting the Atlanta Hawks sideline job. They watched her do a couple games, and, and they, were have, they wanted to bring a woman in there, a female, and do their sideline. And they wanted someone that was, you know, and Fox Sports did the Atlanta Hawks regional broadcast. So it was a perfect marriage and it worked out. So she has had this, this blessed career so far. She is working, enjoying the business, loves the challenges, getting better. Occasionally will ask for my input, uh, but she is, uh, she's a, uh, she does it on her own. And I'm, I'm very proud of her as we are all of our children, but it's, it's great. Now, yeah, then my brother was in media relations with the Bears uh, was there with the Super Bowl run in the mid '80s with with McMahon and Ditka and the Fridge and Walter, and then uh, went on to a career in in representing coaches. Kind of saw as he was a PR person with the Bears, this kind of untapped area because all of his assistant coaches for the Bears didn't have agents. They had you know they did it on their own or they had help from the head coach's agent. They didn't have their own agents. So Brian said, I, I see an area here where I can go into. And I've made a lot of contacts. We've had a lot of coaches come and go through through Hallis Hall. I, I see a lot of opportunity here. And sure enough, it worked. And, and he's enjoyed a very, very good career. It represents the Harbaugh's, represents Urban Meyer for a time, has, I think, 60 coaches total, head coaches at, at Division I schools, uh, OCs and DCs, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, uh, around college football, uh, uh, many assistant coaches in the NFL. He's done very well for himself. He's, he has really been plugged in and done an incredible job. 
Would you like to save money? <laughs> Who wouldn't? How about saving money on your real estate taxes? I have and did so thanks to Serenal Law Group, accomplished professionals ready to put money back in your pocket. All Chicago properties were reassessed by the Cook County Assessor's Office, and some of you got eye-opening increases. Serenal Law Group has the ability to lower that. The deadline to file your 2021 appeal is 30 days after your township opens for appeals at the Board of Review, so don't waste a minute contacting Serenal Law Group so you can save. There are no fees, so you don't have to pay a dime unless they save you money. And take it from me, they've saved me thousands. And they do it in a professional and friendly manner that makes your life a whole lot easier. Serenal Law Group handles appeals throughout the greater Chicagoland area from residential, commercial, or industrial property. They're ready to fight on your behalf, so you don't pay more than your fair share. Visit their website, serenow.com, that's S-A-R-A-N-O-W, or call them at 312-373-0015. Mention promo code OFFMAN, that's O-F-M-A-N, to get a discounted fee on your 2021 property tax appeal. Contact Serenow Law Group, S-A-R-A-N-O-W, and start saving. You are at the apex of your career because you're still young, Kevin, and I say young because you're 61, and if you haven't heard by now, 61 is the new 60 and a half. So what do you see down the road, say 10 years from now, will you still be working? I told my wife, my wife, I said, I really want to be physically good enough that when we go and travel, I can do all the things I could do as a 30 or 40 year old man, you know, climb the steps of some ancient ruin or, or, or being a long a transatlantic flight and, and be able to enjoy late night bottles of wine in some romantic locale. And I want to enjoy life. We've got grandchildren. I want to make sure that, that I am living life and nothing against the guys that work long uh, years into their life. But I guess I feel, George, like, um, like you, I, you want to finish when things are going well. For Dick Stockton, they did go well. And he, he retired at the apex, I think, of, of his career, still doing network NFL uh, broadcasts and still very prominent with a voice that is second to none. And I guess I, I envision myself like that. I could see myself in a, in a wound down, maybe radio only portion when I get into my mid 70s and then probably stopping there. I want to make sure that I'm around for all the grandkids activities. I'm still young and vibrant for my wife when we travel and when we enjoy life. And because I, 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 I just feel like, like you can have a, a date and, and whether that date is when I'm 70 or 75, I'm not sure. But I think, I don't think you want to maybe completely retire, but retire to the point that, and I've, and I've got to run here, but I've, uh, that, that I've got a chance to, to do it when I'm, when I'm still in a very good position in my career. And I, I do want to finish when I'm on top. Well, I asked this final question to all my guests, but you may have answered it right from the very top. If not for sports broadcasting, what would you have been? Probably an airline pilot. Mm -hmm. Probably would have pursued that, would have figured out some way to get involved in the airline business. I'm fascinated with travel. I'm fascinated with airlines. Um, I, I'm, I'm a geek in some of those ways and keep my head and my eyes looking outside that airplane window at different planes that go by. I love to fly internationally when that opportunity arises. I love those elements. I, 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 I just, I really enjoy, I read a lot of books on how the airline industry began, uh, specifically with Pan American. 
and TWA and Eastern Airlines and United and American. So, so I'm, I'm big into that stuff. I really enjoy it. And that, that love of commercial aviation has never gone away. This has been an immense pleasure. I cannot tell you, Kevin, what a joy it is to have known you for this long. And I absolutely love your work. Thank you for telling me a story I don't know. George, thank you. You're a friend and a colleague, and my thoughts of you are always of smiles and, and, and good time spent together, a lot of time spent talking on the phone, but uh, you remain one of, the, one of the very significant people in my broadcast journey, and I thank you for that. My thanks to Westwood One, TNT, CBS Sports, and CBS Radio for those terrific highlights. And as always, a big thanks to T.J. Reeves for putting this podcast on the map, Will Hatzel for his fine mixing and editing, and Nick Tochi for our great graphics. And to our generous sponsors, Serenal Law Group, top-notch pros who will save you money on your real estate taxes, Dynamic Manufacturing, Honor the Legacy, Pioneer the Future, and the Vienna Beef Company, home of the iconic Chicago hot dog since 1893. By BetUS, a pioneer in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades. And the Polina Market, top purveyors of the finest meats and much more. Tune in next week for another fascinating episode of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm George Hoffman, and that's all she wrote. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.